Welcome to Glassbones Hockey Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Franz. With me today, I had to drag him out of the van down by the river. My good friend, Zach Burke. How you doing, buddy? <laughs> Richard, you're a riot. <laughs> I'm good, man. It's uh, it's good to be back again. I keep smoking chain with all these uh, reps now. You know, this is my third one. He's only got one. <laughs> it's like Penguins to Flyers cup ratio. Yeah, he said something to me today. He's just like, Zach got, or I got the first one, but now he's got three on me. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I think this is a uh, a big week to talk. Um, you know, with Kyle over here being a huge Bruins fan, I think we have to address Bergeron retirement. So, Kyle, what are your thoughts on that, man? <sighs> well, nineteen years watching him play on that team. It's, yeah, you know. When you kind of expect it, it still doesn't matter. It still hit me. When I saw it, I'm like, man, this sucks. Like, it's just tough to see. But, um, you know, he he's the best Bruin of my lifetime, maybe of all time. He's, he's just the perfect hockey player. He did everything perfect from day one. He came into the league, and he's been their number one center for 19 years. Absolutely. It's, it's wild to think how – like how good he really was. So, yeah, I just, I look back at all the memories of him. He's, he, there's just like a whole list. Like I could go on for <laughs> 20 minutes here. If just all the goals he scored, uh, the, the fun times he brought and mm-hmm. just the great leader, always just that guy. I've, I bought his Jersey very young. I've always had his Jersey. You know, every time my Bergeron shirt wore off, I bought a new one. He's just one of those guys you just, you always wanted to just have. You know, I always said growing up, Shane was always a big Crosby, Yager fan. He always had his jersey, his shirt. And I was always like, I really wish my team had a guy like that. And then it finally hit me in like around 2010 when they won the cup, 2011. I'm like, I have that guy. Like I have my Crosby, his Bergeron. So... Yeah, like I said, I I always had his stuff because he just he he sim- he just said what a like he played like a Bruin. He played what you'd want: hard work, two two way hockey player, won every face off, block shots, played through collapsed lungs, played through broken shoulders, played through concussions before they like when they were allowed to. You know, he he's just he's my favorite player of all time, and it's really hard to see him go. Uh, I will kind of transition into the current team because that's the question right now. Who's replacing him? Mm-hmm. He's irreplaceable. I think that needs to stop. I'm mm-hmm. so tired of hearing people talk about, well, what are they going to do now? How are they going to handle it? They can't, they suck now. 19 years of being your number one center. It, you don't replace that. You need to find something. Now, mind you, 19 years of a number one center missing the playoffs, I think think only three times in that 19 years was it only three you yeah i guess you're right there. you don't you don't get high picks mm-hmm. so where are you going to get your number one center now could they have drafted better yes that's a different topic in my opinion mm-hmm. but and should they have planned absolutely but at the same time say you draft a guy like barzell in that draft that everyone always goes at him i'm just hypothetical playing the game they had sagan and they had to trade him because he wanted to be a number one center. So what were you going to do? Would you have traded Bergeron to let Barzell, to let Sagan come in and be that number one center? You know, 
it's hard to groom a number one center to be a number one center when you have a number one center and they'll never be able to get into that role. So this is the repercussions of not trading Bergeron, which is the right move. I'm not saying repercussions is a bad thing, Mm -hmm. but the repercussions of not trading a guy like Bergeron is now you don't have a number one center when you, you've had one for so long. Like I said, those young kids, they want to have that opportunity. So it's a part of the sport. It's a part of the business. And I think he's done enough for the rest of this team, the leadership that he's built in that locker room. Mm-hmm. It, it'll matter, but in the 82-game season, I really don't think it's going to be – they're going to miss him on the ice, but they're not going to miss his leadership because I think he built such a big uh, big presence in that locker room. So, Yeah, absolutely, and I cannot agree more. Fantastic hockey player. 19 years of, you know – certainly makes mistakes because every player does, but the definition of borderline perfect hockey player is definitely Patrice Bergeron. So a lot of respect to him for that. And, you know, it's, it's hard to watch a guy that you grow up loving retire, but it is part of it. You know, obviously we talk about how often, how old we're getting. And, you know, these guys have been in the league for 10, 15 years before we even really recognize who they are or what they've done or accomplished. And, you know, even Bergeron, I think he would have been the captain of the Bruins for probably 10 years now if Chara decided not to, you know, play for his entire lifehood. You know, mm-hmm. like, guy just never stopped. But, you know, I, I do agree. I think Bergeron's a hard – he's a hard person to replace for sure. Uh, you know, I, I think the biggest thing that Bruins in general, uh, their their GM and just the the team in general needs to do now is take a step back enjoy what you had in Bergeron. Yes, go into next season like, okay, this is this is new. This is going to be different. Our team's going to look different. We may not be as good, and they're not going to be because they were the best hockey team ever last year. So they're not going to be that this year again. So Bruins fans out there, get ready for feeling like it, it, it is to be a Phillies fan for once. Uh, you know, it's just kind of dealing with, with what that looks like, but not doing anything drastic. Take it with a grain of salt, you know, take the year, see what happens, figure out what you have. And guys like Zaka and uh, Morgan, uh, is it Geki or Geeky? Geeky. See what they can do. You know, if they can come in and really potentially replace him. Okay. They're not going to replace Bergeron because you just don't, but can they, can they fill the hole a little bit? Yeah, I, I think they can uh, to give, you know, again, they're not losing their entire team with Bergeron. They're losing their captain. They're losing their number one center, but they're not losing their entire team. So just, you know, take a step back, realize that we might not be as successful as we were. We may not even make the playoffs this year, and that's okay. Honestly, it might be a good thing for them to miss the playoffs because then they'll get a higher draft pick next year to hopefully replace him. I heard a rumor this week that they're going to go after uh, Trevor Zegras and they're going to try to offer sheet him. Like, no, don't do that. That's going to hurt your future so bad trying to make that work. And to me personally, Zegers isn't a center. He's a winger. So you might as well put Brad Marchand at center. You have just as good a success. And I think Marchand could be a decent center. But, yeah, I do agree. It is a sad day in the hockey world to lose a guy like that uh, to retirement. Unfortunately, it is part of it, so you do have that. But I do uh, I do wish Bergeron the best in retirement. and you know, finally be able to be healthy for the first time in his life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I mean, like going back to what you were saying about the team, 
the Morgan Geekies and they signed Jeff, Jesper Boquist. Uh, we saw it last year with Pavel Zaka. What opportunity, you know, we talked about that a lot last week yeah. in the one in the two things we did. And opportunity is everything. I'm not saying they're going to come in and be a number one center, mm-hmm. but neither of them have had the opportunity to even try. They're going to. So we'll see. Maybe yeah. they get, maybe Boquist comes in and instantly gets chemistry with Pasternak and yeah. that's, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> so and it's possible for it, sure. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but you don't know. And, you know, it's one of those things with him being the number one center, like I said before a little bit, but it's not like anybody on this current team ever had the opportunity to even move up. Uh, Charlie Coyle moved up to the second line the year before when Krejci wasn't there. He didn't do great. That's what Eric Hall ended up stepping in there. But it's, it was also a different team, though. Yeah. But it's, it's crazy the difference. It's happened so fast. So, yeah, I'm really curious. But, again, you lose a guy like that, you're not replacing him. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'll always love him. He'll always be my – well, I can't say always because he's got a long life hopefully ahead of me. But <laughs> he'll he's in top five no matter what for the rest of my life. But he'll probably be my favorite of all time. So, all right. Won't talk about the Bruins anymore. Aww. <laughs> Actually, we will because we're bringing them up later. So, uh, we're going to move on to a couple signings that have happened this week. Uh, we're going to start with Vince Dunn signing a four-year, seven point three five million AAV. So, what are your thoughts on that? Um, I mean, it's just ironic. I saw this sign happen, and I all I could think of is our conversation last week of under our underrated players with Vince Dunn. Uh, I think he was on both our lists, if I remember correctly. He was. So it's just really cool to me to see a guy like that getting some recognition for how good he's been and. You know, four years at 7.35, phenomenal contract. I would have preferred to see the term be more like seven years at that kind of money, but, you know, that's why I'm sitting here. And I, I think he is a very, very talented hockey player. I think he's worth every cent for sure. I think he even borderline could have asked for more. But I do like that he took a, I guess you could call it a bridge deal. It's, you know, in my mind, when you're making over six and a half, they're not bridge deals. You're just getting paid. But I, I am I'm very happy for him. I think he's a great hockey player and, and you know, Seattle's gonna be taking steps in the right direction and he's the number one defenseman they need to get under contract. So I really like the deal. You know, I think it was a great sign for them for sure. Yeah, I completely agree. And you know, they avoided arbitration, which is very interesting because I'm curious if he did go, what they would have awarded him. Because yeah, that's true. One thing Seattle needed to think about was he is their number one defenseman. Mm-hmm. He's their guy. So if he goes to arbitration, they're probably going to tell them that, like, you got to pay this guy. He's he's clearly your number one guy. I don't have his stats from last year in front of me. We had it last year, but or last week, but he uh, he was great. He had a great season. I think he had like seventy something points. He was plus twenty something. So he was he is their number one guy, and. So if he went to arbitration, he was probably looking at more like eight and a half. So I think it was good for Seattle to lock him up. And four years is a long time, in my opinion, because I, I personally think you shouldn't sign more than five years, anybody, honestly, because I think it's just disastrous by the end. Even younger kids, if I had the choice, I would always sign them to five years. So, yeah, uh, Zach just pulled up his stats for me. He had 64 points and plus 28. So. Yeah, he's clearly your guy. Can't so argue with the numbers. He, uh, 
Yeah, I completely agree. I think that was worth every penny in Seattle. Seattle's a team to look out for for a little while here. So, yeah, absolutely. All right, uh, moving on. We talked about this guy last week because his arbitration uh, demands or his contract demands were four point nine mil. He Toronto wanted to give him two point four, two point four, and Elias Samsonov. They seem to meet right in the middle and take one year at three and a half. So, uh, what are you? What are your thoughts on that? I like it. I mean, you know, it's it's under four. Uh, I think that Samsonov, he's he's betting on himself again. And that worked out pretty well for him last year. Now, I understand they got blown out by Florida. That was not Samsonov's fault. That was the team's fault because they are so built incorrectly. Yeah, that's for you, Toronto, because you are built terribly. But I do like a fair Samsonov for sure. I think he he's betting on himself, and, and I'm... I like that. I love watching a hockey player bet on himself and then it go well, you know, and, and one year at 3.5, he's still worth that. I mean, to me, he's by far the number one, you know, uh, we'll talk about it a little later, but you know, with Matt Murray being who Matt Murray is, I would take Samson off any day over him. And at 3.55, it's really hard to argue with a starting goaltender being under 4 million. So for, for me, I like it a lot. I like it for Toronto too. It gives them some cap room to move around, and you know, yeah, I get it. It's only one year, but depending on how his year is going, you know, the deadline hits. Maybe you can get him to really bite on a longer term, but kind of the money you want to give him, if that's a little bit less, you know, maybe the term is is more than the money cost. Yeah, I completely agree. I when I saw this, I thought it was good, and then the next news, I, I, I'm gonna mention Samsonov, but I'm just gonna transition into Matt Murray. Uh the Leafs put him on long term IR and he's gonna be done for the whole season next year, which completely takes his terrible cap hit off of their books. Yep. Which is huge. So my point in bringing that up right now is because Samsonov making three point five five, you're between their two goalies now with Joseph Wall and him, they're only they're gonna be under five mil in their mm-hmm. goaltending, which is massive mm-hmm. in this league to have two pretty solid goalies under five mil is yeah. is is very it, it's key especially for a team contending for a cup and especially and they, a team with so many high players paid yeah. so much yeah. and well that's the thing like they have their cap they're in cap hell it's just yeah. the truth and they're with putting murray on i believe they're still like 2.5 over the cap so they, they got some work they still got some work ahead of them but that that's huge to get that off uh, the thing with the one-year deal on that that I think is kind of interesting is I'm curious to see what Joseph Wolves' role is going to be on the team it's this true. year. Are they going to try to make him the guy? And I think Sam Sonal is going to start the year off, but I think they're going to like give him more reps this year to see what do we really have in this guy. Because honestly, when he came in and played in that playoff series against Florida, he looked he, really yeah, good. Yeah, he played good for them. He, looked, so. he played very good. So I'd be curious to see if that was kind of their thought process, because I'm Toronto, I'm giving Samsonov probably a two to three year deal. So I'm kind of, I'm curious to see why they settled at one. Now I know the cap thing going up next year is probably in their thoughts, but if you could have locked them up three years times four and a half, even that's to me, that would have been worth it, but I get it. The caps sucks. Yeah. Well, and it's hard too, because obviously Matthews is going to be doing extension next year and he's going to, supposedly not demand more than he's already making, but he's going to get more regardless just because that's how 
the league works. So I think anything that the league goes up by, I mean, they got William Carlson, they, not William Carlson, William yeah, Nylander, they got to sign. And, you know, like they got some stuff to figure out. So I think getting Samson off for just the year at 3.55, I love that idea of, of Wool coming in and, and taking over potentially. I mean, you know, who knows? You know, hope, maybe they're thinking Matt Murray can come back after a year of not playing and be good again. I don't think it's possible because I don't think he's good, but that's my own personal thought. It's it's pretty obvious at this point. I, I hope teams not not anything against Matt Murray. He's he works hard. He gets hurt a lot, so it is tough. But when he is healthy, I just I've never seen it in him. Even when he won those cups in Pittsburgh, I think if Flurry was in net, those games, those runs would have been even easier, which is crazy because it felt like they just rolled through everybody those years. But um, I don't know. To me, it's interesting. It's something I've I've heard people talking about it, and I kind of want the league, the new CBA. Like I don't, I'm not into that stuff. I don't know everything, but it seems like there's so many rules that can be broken, and there's so many loopholes in that. Matt Murray was sitting on the bench in the playoffs last year. Yeah. When Samsonov got hurt and Wool was starting and thinking game four and game five, he was sitting on the bench. And now he's out all next season. I don't know. Seems a little fishy. I'd be curious to see if there's going to be a little investigation. But even if there is an investigation, what what are you going to tell them? It's your rule. You allow teams to do it. A lot of people complain about the long-term IR thing. I'm like... It's in the rule book. They're just playing by the rules. It's not their fault that the league did a terrible job at writing the rule book. So, yeah. and unfortunately, I mean, when you do have a cap ceiling, this is part of it. This is what you're going to run into. So, the CBA needs to step in and either raise the the money, or they need to just let it roll. And teams are going to do what teams are going to do. Obviously, it has not helped Toronto. Yeah. They haven't won a cup doing that yet. So, at least you know with Tampa and. Was it? Did Colorado do it too? I think. Yeah. I know Tampa for sure, and they won a cup. So yeah, it was like Colorado oh, did a little oh, bit. Uh, Chicago, and oh, they yeah. put Patrick Kane on it. Yeah. And, you know, anyway, it's, it's the rule. I, I I'm not gonna. It is it annoying? Yes. It does it bother me a little bit? Yes. But I don't care. It's yeah. the rule. It's not like they're breaking the rules. It's yeah. the rule. I don't know what you want. So I don't know. Anyway, moving on. Uh, another. Well, speaking of GMs and things, Dallas Stars extended Jim Nill as their general manager. Love the guy. I, he's so fun. He's built such a good team down there. He came in, and I believe it was 2012, 2013, he came into that team. He's been their manager ever since, which is awesome run. They were so mediocre. He started off with the looking back. I, I don't know if it was his very first trade, but his one of his first trades was bringing Tyler Sagan in, which is – which. A lot of people call the steal of the century. And, you know, that was just a start. It got better and better and better. And he's building this Dallas team and the cup contenders for so many years. His drafting is unbelievable. So I'm pumped. If I'm a Stars fan, I'm absolutely excited because this guy, all he does is put good hockey teams on the ice. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, I think the only thing that people could fault him for is some of the contracts he has given out you know jamie ben definitely a little overpaid for what he does and especially because you're going to get in the playoffs and he's just going to get suspended for being a moron uh even sagan i I love sagan i think he's a great hockey player but he's definitely overpaid for what he does production wise he he needs to do more in order to be making 9.5 million a year 
I do think he's a great hockey player, but that's not, I don't think that's always a reflection on the GM. Sometimes that's just what the players are demanding and GMs need to be able to have good hockey players. So sometimes you have to sacrifice a little bit of extra money for players. Uh, I do agree. His drafting's unreal. I mean, you look at Jason Robertson, uh, uh, Miro Heiskanen, and then you got um, Jake Ottinger. Jake, wow. Jake Ottinger. That was just like, wow, that's three huge draft picks. And were they all in the same year? I think they yeah, were. They were the um, – or Heiskanen was – and Ottinger were first round, and Robertson That's was their right. second round pick. But and still blows my mind that Robertson went that late, yeah. knowing what he does. But you know that's part of the draft that makes everything so exciting. You know, we'll, you'll see at some point we're going to do a, a redraft, and you'll be kind of surprised at players where they end up. And it's always fun. But you know, going back to Dallas, I think one of the big things that I really liked too was him jumping on Matt Duchesne for one year at three million. I think Matt Duchesne is definitely a guy that got way overpaid by Nashville. And yeah, he put up 40 goals and then I think he put up 30 maybe. Just so he had some decent numbers for sure, but he's just not a number one center. You know, you put him on a line with Tyler Sagan and um, even if they did Tyler Sagan, uh, Matt Duchesne, and then like Jamie Ben. I see Mason Marchment right with them too. Yeah. Like, that would be uh, – Duchesne would have a field day because he'd have speed, and he'd have a guy that can just, you know, crash the net and marchment. Like, I think that would be awesome to watch. But, you know, I'm not the coach, so I don't make up the lines. But, yeah, as far as for Jim Neal, I think that's awesome to see the, the extension for him. He's done such a great job. He continues to do a great job each and every day. So, good for him. I'm excited to see what he does for the next two years. And I do think Dallas is going to be in the cup final very soon. Yeah. Completely agree. And once those contracts do come up, though, I'm looking even I think that's why they need to extend them because see what he can do past that. Those contracts were it was a tough time. That was Mm -hmm. when everybody was signing nine year, nine million dollar a year contracts. It was like everybody that was up and then everything caught up now. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, it still wasn't good and it's hurting them now. But uh, all right, moving on to Tony D'Angelo signing a one-year, $1.6 million in Carolina, completely taking them out of the Eric Carlson sweepstakes. Thank God. Oh, because they were in it? No, no. <laughs> Didn't you know every single team on the East Coast is in on Eric Carlson? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, it is kind of ironic that I get to come back on to discuss that resign since I was uh, talking about him you know, last week, and I do think he is uh, – a good player that just needs to get his head on right. His his ability to control his tongue is just – that's what's killing him. He won't get a big contract or a long co- contract because he just he cannot help himself. His first interview with Carolina once he re-signed is throwing shots at Tortorella. It's like, dude, just let the past be the past. Move on. Uh, I'm not sure what Carolina's thinking. Again – I do think D'Angelo is a great defenseman as far as a puck moving, can run your number one power play. But, you know, they bring in Orlov. They have Brett Burns. They don't really need another offensive defenseman. So I'm not quite sure what their direction is with that. But, you know, it's just my opinion. I'm not sure where they're going. I thought they would be going after more like a Terrence Senko, trying to get that high-end scoring winger because that's what they need. They don't need another defenseman that can 
turn it over in his own zone and create offense in the, the other zone. So, yeah, I, I think my opinion, I haven't heard anyone say this. Everyone's putting him in their starting lineup game one. I think he's a healthy scratch game one because Chatfield's a lot more important to that team than D'Angelo is. And but I'm thinking they're like, okay, Burns goes down. What are we going to do? Now you have it at 1.6 a year. Not he'll he'll find his way in the lineup. It's a long 82 game season. Yeah. So I think they're looking at themselves as a contender. Yeah. Like they should, because in my opinion, I think they are probably the best all around team in the league. If there is something they're missing, it would be a goal scorer. But at the same time, they have so many guys that can. Yeah. Wow, well, and injuries killed them last year. Injuries killed them. If Tara Vinen stays healthy, they probably – I personally think they're beating Florida. And Shvechnikov, yeah. he stays healthy. Yep. I mean, he, him alone. Yeah. I mean, Tara Vinen came back and was like, bam. All of a sudden, he was putting up numbers. But, yeah. yeah. I agree. I, so, I, I just don't see him on their starting roster game one. But throughout – it's like I said, it's a long season. And, like, I'm thinking in their minds, they're probably thinking, here's our trade deadline acquisition already. Why wait until then? Let's just get him now. And well, he's our ghost, our yeah. gosh, bear from last year. Orlov's going to go in there and try to help shut down the defense even more. He mm-hmm. can put up points, but I, Orlov's more of just two way guy. He, he's he's a very solid defenseman. Yeah. He's a beast around the net. So I, I, I don't think there's anything there. I think they're just looking if Burns goes down, we got our guy. Yeah, that's, I'd agree with that. That's just that's what I thought right away. So Carolina stayed busy. They, on top of uh, D'Angelo signing, they extended, in my opinion, their best player on their team, Sebastian Ajo, signing an eight-year times 9.75 mil. Whew, that's a lot, but I'm going to turn it to you. What are your thoughts? I like it. I like it a lot. I mean, Sebastian Ajo, he's a fantastic player to watch. You know, you, you talk about a guy that came in with real no center experience, and they say, hey, we're going to, we're going to move you to the center and you're going to learn that role. And I mean, he's taking it and run with it. Unlike uh Kakanyemi who cannot play center to save his life. Um, Sebastian Ajo is very good at center and very, very elite. You know, I'm actually surprised he only got 9.7. I thought for sure he was going to be signing a, you know, eight year at, you know, 11. Um, but I think that is a very, I feel like anytime you're, your contender people are going to be like well he got overpaid well i don't know 9.7 i feel like anytime you're over that eight million dollar you're always looking like well did they get overpaid you know like as even as a superstar to me he is your best player by far and that's not a slap on any of the other players i think even even slavin as good as slavin is that team does not succeed without Aho. So for me, I, I personally like it a lot. I think that he is the kind of guy that I would put on a lot of my teams just because he is so quick. He's so smart. I mean, his ability to replays is, is fun to watch. And anybody that does know his game should really watch it because it is it's a fun game to watch. But yeah, that's that's my thoughts on it. I just wanted to give you pressure to think that I thought he was overpaid just to see what your reaction was. <laughs> I think this contract's perfect. <laughs> I think I'm I'm mad at myself for not putting him on my underrated list last week. Yeah, I was thinking that too. 
when I saw this contract and I saw his name, I was like, crap, that's someone I definitely would have put on that list. Cause in my opinion, he is he's easily a top five two way player, two way yeah. center in the league. And if not even higher, he he's just so good. Yeah. He, like you said, if if you want to learn how to play or you want to teach someone how to play, just follow him for a game. Yeah. And you'll learn a lot about the game because he is He's very good. He's very fun to watch. He is their best player on their team. And if they're going to win a cup, he needs to be a part of it. So, and ironically, that's who Montreal tried to offer sheet a couple of years ago, <laughs> which is why they have your and Matt's favorite player in Cook and Hammy. You guys hate that guy. <laughs> I think the main reason, I don't know for Matt, but for me personally, I think the reason I just never liked him was he got drafted and they basically were like, okay, he's a winger. We're going to make him a center. And it's like, all right, whatever. You know, Montreal is Montreal. They're going to do their idiotic ways because that's what they do. But he goes there and he plays his rookie year. And all I could think watching this guy is this dude is a scumbag. I mean, he's just, he's so dirty behind the play. For an 18-year-old going around trying to spear people, I mean, talk about having some cojones. He's got some cojones apparently because he's trying to attack everybody. You know, and he's not that big of a guy. I mean, I think he's six one. You know, maybe two hundred pounds. You know, it's just I don't know. I I never. I think it was two. Is you see the guys in his draft class that went right after him, and it's like, ah. <laughs> I mean, I'm glad I didn't want to see uh, the Kachucks either one of the Kachucks go to Montreal. So I was happy to see neither one of them go there. But I just. Yeah, when he got drafted, that was definitely one of those jump out of the seat, like, yes, thank you. <laughs> like, because I did not want him, I did not want Kachuk going there either. And it was the wrong pick. Yeah. I personally like Kakanami a lot more than you guys do, obviously, which is fine. I yeah. love that. That's what's awesome about sports and being able to have opinions. Yeah. I think he fits that Carolina team perfect. I don't disagree. I, um, I, don't, I like that part of his game. I like that cocky. I hated it when it was in Montreal. I completely agree about it's what Montreal likes to do, though. They like to make players what they're not yeah. or try to make them what they're not. And I completely agree with that. I thought when Montreal had that run with the bubble year that year and they went to the final against Tampa, I thought he played very oh, good he did. in that run. He was a big reason, oh, yeah. especially in that comeback against yeah. Toronto. So I don't hate his game as much, but – like I said, there's a lot of players in the league that I hate that you guys would look at me and go, well, why do you hate him? Well, so I think that's what that's what's so fun about sports, and, though. And one thing I want to make clear, too, is just because I don't like him doesn't mean I don't think he's a good hockey player. Right. I think he's a good hockey player. Obviously, he's in the league. I am not. <laughs> I'm a very bad hockey player. You know, and, and he's he's very talented for sure. And But I've felt that way about any player that's super cocky. Brad Marchand, in my mind, is the rat. Like, you know. But the dude gets things done. So, you know, no, anyway. That's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> we, we, I didn't mean to go off on talking to me that long. But, no, but it is. It's fun. That That's my favorite part about doing things, talking sports with people, is to be able to have discussions about players. And just, it's fun. So, yeah. uh, the next signing, which kind of surprised me a little bit, was Logan Cooley signing his entry-level deal with Arizona. Uh my first thoughts when I saw this was he just he wants to take the next step and he's not going to let an organization hold him back. Uh, he wants to try to play in the NHL, and I think he is more than ready to play. In, or judging off watching the Frozen Four, he looked like an NHL hockey player, and he's going to go in and help that Arizona team, which 
I mean, I don't know if you listened to the the review or the breakdown that we, me and Matt did of Arizona, I am very high on that team. Yeah. I love that roster that they have. They're getting there. And I think he's just going to help them. Yeah. No, and I, I agree um, totally with you that I am surprised he signed already. I thought for sure he would probably go back for another year. But I do agree, too. I didn't watch a ton of the Frozen Four, but uh, I caught a, you know, a game or two, and, I, and he stuck out. Like, and it was like, well, you could tell who he was. And even at the World Juniors, I felt like he stuck out a lot for Team USA. And, you know, he's a cool dude, you know. And uh, I just had to throw a shout-out for that name because Logan Cooley is just – it's such a cool name. But <laughs> well, that went right over my head. <laughs> You're right. I thought I thought like you were gonna tell a story how you like came across him somehow. I completely went over my head of his name. No, I'm not that cool. But uh, you know, he's just he's he's a he's a fun young kid to watch. I mean, he's got he's got that Patty Kane style hands, you know, just real quick, um, real close to the body with his ability to control puck, which is a lot of fun. And I do think he's gonna help Arizona for sure. And I think Arizona is at the point now where they need fans. Now they can only go up to 5,000 fans, but still they need fans to be consistent. And I think getting these young kids in and playing consistently is the step in the right direction. So I love it. I, I think it's, uh, it's cool to see, you know, young guys coming in more and more every day and I'm really excited for him. I, I hope it really plays out well for him and I, I hope he finds tons of success quickly. So, yeah, it's funny. Uh, We've mentioned his name a hundred times on here now, but my buddy Joey, he went up to a Penn State game and they were playing Minnesota. Okay. And I was talking to him a couple of days after. It's just like, how was the game? He's like, it was it was awesome. Hockey game was great. He's like, but there's these two guys on Minnesota that were just so much better than everyone else. Now, like Joey's a Joey's a big football guy. He plays football. He still yeah. plays at a very high level. So he knows sports really well. He just he's learning hockey as he kind of goes. And so he didn't know who it was Matthew Nice and Logan Coley. Oh. And they both just tore it up. I think yeah. they ended up scoring like out of the, between the two of them, like three goals and four assists or something. Like it was so he was just like, and they had the OT winner. He was just like, I don't know who these guys are, but they were clearly the best players on the ice. And then it was so it's Logan Coley. So yeah. it's cool to see that, you know, he's getting his chance in the NHL now. Yeah. So. Uh so this signing happened yesterday or last night. Uh, it was kind of a surprise to me. Uh, Vladimir Tarasenko, one year, $5 million in Ottawa. What do you think? I think that Ottawa is trying to cover up the Brinkett losing. Uh, or the Brinkett leaving, I mean. Uh, I think they are desperately trying to fill a hole with a guy that I'm honestly shocked that he took a one-year deal. I think he is right now one year, $5 million. Uh, he is looking to play for Ottawa and get moved to the deadline to a contender. And if Ottawa ends up being the contender, okay, great. But I, I mean, I like it for Ottawa's sake. You know, they're not, I don't feel like they're, they're taking that high of a risk on him. You know, one year, five mil, he's still a very good player. And I think if he's playing on a line with, you know, whether it's um, Drew and Tim Stutzla or even Kachuk and, and um, Josh Norris, like, I think he's going to look good with either line. You know, I think he's he's a complimentary player when it comes to just being able to shoot. You know, he's a great shooter, phenomenal goal scorer. So I like it. It's actually, it, when I saw the deal, I was like, oh, that's the kind of deal I wish the Flyers would win after. Not because I like Terrence Sanko, but because he's a guy you can bring in 
He'll score you some goals. He'll play top end minutes, and then you move him. And if he puts up 28 goals at the start, you can get a first rounder for him. And like Matt is all about, first rounders are key. And I would have loved to see Flyers take a risk on him. But and on top of it too, he might not have been willing to come to, to the Flyers. You know where they're at right now. I don't think there's many players that want to play in Philly. So that was my thoughts on it. Well, I think with him, he wanted more. Obviously, he fired his agent like four days after free agency opened. He was not happy. He thought he was going to get a four-year deal. Yeah, five year, probably five. He, actually, he was. I, reports were that I read once he wanted like five, six, seven years, which was not going to happen. Yeah. So, um. I think he was looking at it going, there's a lot of talent on that Senators team. Yeah. And I can go there for one year. I can make $5 million and I can put in 35, 40 goals, which probably is what he's going to do. Yeah. He's playing with those guys up there. Josh Norris is going to come back. Uh, he's going to have Giroux. He's going to have Stutzler. He's going to have Brady Kachuk. He's going to have a lot of players to play with. So I think he was probably thinking that way on Ottawa's side. Yeah. Completely agree. Dabrinkit's gone. We need someone else to come score us some goals. Uh, I read somewhere they were like, does the signing of Tarasenko, you know, the big question, does that put them in the playoffs? Well, you lost to Brinkett and brought in Tarasenko, so I don't really think you gained anything. I think you just replaced. And I think to Brinkett probably brings a little bit more than Tarasenko does at this point in his career. So I don't, I think that's just a dumb question. Yeah, I completely agree. I, I think that Tarasenko does not replace to First of all, He's got to stay healthy. That has been the number one thing on Tarasenko. He cannot stay healthy. And, yeah, he's had a couple of years where I think he's played the whole season. But the last couple of years, he has not. And, yeah, he looked great with the Rangers. I was actually surprised he didn't stay in New York. But New York's at such a – they're such a tight spot and cap. They, they just don't have the money to afford him. Um, but it's hard. I, I think Tarasenko can certainly – if they had to bring it and then sign Tarasenko, yes, I think they're a contender. Um, not a playoff contender, I should say. Not a Stanley Cup contender because they got to figure out their decor in order to be a Stanley Cup contender. They have way too many of the same type of defensemen. So, and, you know, I, I mean, I think they answered some questions as far as goaltending. But, again, this isn't a podcast about Ottawa. But I do like the, the signing of Tarasenko, and I, I do think he can help them push for a playoff spot but i don't know i mean i i just don't feel like they're quite there yet i, I don't think they're i don't think they are either i don't think they've done enough this offseason to put them that far ahead yeah so and goaltending just because they signed corpus doesn't mean he's gonna fix everything i yeah. think we've learned that these last couple off seasons these goalies the jack campbells the jacob markstrom's when they sign the contract and they're going to come fix our goaltending and everything's going to be great. Hasn't worked for them. So we'll have a save percentage of like 0.88. Yeah. <laughs> right. And <laughs> Hey, hopefully, hopefully for their sake, he yeah, is. Absolutely. I, I like Corpus Allo a lot, so I'm not saying it's not going to work, but don't just say, well, we fixed our goaltending. So now we're going to be fine. Yeah. Eh, it doesn't always work that way. So speaking of goaltending, uh, Boston is in a tight spot because Jeremy Swayman needs a contract. And he filed for arbitration. He's asking for 4.8. Boston wants to give him two. I uh, I hope they just meet in the middle like <laughs> Samsonov did. And we can move on. I think he needs a couple more years than Samsonov does, which is probably the big fight. Because 
he's probably like, well, I'm not signing three years at two, two and a half. I want three years at four and a half is probably what he would say, which I would understand. Uh, he was top five goalie this year. They had two top five goalies. You're going to have to worry about the contracts. And then it's unfortunately one of them was up in that year. So personally, they need to keep him. They mm-hmm. cannot afford to lose him. They're not going to. They'll figure it out. Boston always does. Yeah. I, it's one thing. It's not being a fan. That's just facts. Yeah. Every offseason, it feels like they have someone they need to sign. I remember a couple, I think it was three years ago, they had McAvoy and Carlo that yeah. were both free agents with like $4.8 million of cap space, mm-hmm. and they made it work. Yeah. They'll figure it out. Yeah. And so, both those guys have now gotten like an extension on those contracts, and they're signed, I think, I know McAvoy is. Yeah. I think Carlos signed yeah, long-term he now. A, he got a six-year deal. So, yeah, I, I mean, I like it in the sense of Swayman is asking for what realistically he's deserved. I mean, he had a phenomenal year. But, I don't know, I, I, would, I wouldn't mind seeing him sign a two-year, $6 million contract. Two, I think two years, yeah, he's going to be completely 100% ready to take the, the reins from Omar. And that's not a slap on Omar. I think Omar proved this year that he was an incredible goaltender. Uh, you know, I think something that might not be the worst idea for Boston if he is demanding more. If you can get him to sign a six or seven year contract at even five million, maybe you look to move Olmark this year. And maybe he's your answer to getting a number one center is you move Olmark in the package. So I, I see both sides. I mean, I don't want to see Boston lose Olmark because I'm not quite sure Swimming is completely 100% ready for that entire starting role. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's hard. You know, the arbitration's there for a reason. So, yeah, personally, I think going to that Omar point you said, I think that's something that's next offseason. Yeah. That's, and which, if they do sign Swayman to that and then figure out the money other ways, I don't know how, but figure it out. Um, you know, Omar has two years left on his deal. So, like, next offseason teams would probably be a lot more intrigued to take him on and be like, hey, if he works, awesome, and we'll give him an extension. If he doesn't, yeah, he's a free agent, we'll move on. So I think that's a lot more like sexy to other teams to like take on something like that with one year left. Yeah. And also too, like I said about earlier when we were talking about Bergeron, I don't think they need to go crazy right now and try to trade for a Mark Scheifele or Lysenholm or something. Cause Absolutely I just, agree. I would rather just see them call up, like I said, let those geeky, let the Boquist, let yeah. the uh, Geecher come in and let's see what these guys got and let's, let's find out. Yeah. And if they're nothing, okay, next offseason, let's visit it. But I don't think right now it would be smart for them. So I agree. I I, I, I want to see him stay because I want him to be their next Tuka Rask. Yeah. You know, being a fan of the Bruins, I haven't had any goaltending worries. <laughs> and I'm, I, honestly, my whole time of being a fan, they yeah. went from Andrew Raycroft to Tim Thomas to Tuka Rask to now these guys. Yeah. So I've never had to worry about a goalie, <laughs> which yeah. is very lucky. Yeah. I don't know what that feels like. Uh, Well, I mean, you know, being a Flyers fan, I love Carter Hart. I think he's a great goalie, but it's more of the team is not where he is at, and that's what's frustrating. We finally have a goalie, and we don't have the team around him. It's like, oh. It's wild. So, yeah, we could go off on that for Uh, ever, right? Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So we're all caught up on the news now. I think we're good. Uh, me and Zach, we're talking, and we're going to play a little game here. So we're going to give each other a number, and we're going to just kind of spout out some names that we think of that wear that jersey number. Uh, so I'm going to get this started. Uh, I picked number 74. 
because we have 74 days left until the NHL season starts. So what's the first name that pops in your mind when you hear the number 74? Well, I mean, it depends on how you're looking at. If you're looking at current hockey players that currently wear 74, uh, I think of DeBrusque, I think of John Carlson. There's a couple different names that come to mind. But if you're thinking of 74 the way I think you're thinking, you're thinking TJ Oshie. Because to me, yes, TJ Oshie is wearing 77 now, but 74 as being an American, 74 is going to go down in history as a hockey fan because that Sochi game was just, it was so much fun to watch. <laughs> so that that is definitely, I think I'm on the same page with you there as far as what you were thinking with that number. You know, it, it is, uh, it's a great, that was a great time to be a hockey fan and just enjoying watching that moment of TJ Oshie just taking Russia on by himself. And <laughs> Well, I mean, not really the team, but just taking USA on his shoulders and just leading us to a win. Oh, yeah. That was, I, other than Zach Parise's tying goal in the gold yeah. medal game, that was my favorite Olympic moment of USA Olympic moment of our lifetime, which we haven't had much because they don't play in the Olympics that often anymore. So yeah, that was awesome. Uh, I actually wasn't really, I mean, I, I thought of that, but I wasn't really what I was going for. I just right. picked that number and I'm more thinking you can pick present past anything. Just what's the first name that pops in mind when you hear that number. So. Yeah, I mean, the first thing would be TJ Oshie. Oh, yeah. would, that be, would be that one, at least. When, when I thought of that, John Carlson was my first. So. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and that that was like, you know, John Carlson, in my mind, is he, he is 74. Like, that is, that's who he is, you know? Yeah. Like, not that a jersey number means anything, but, you know, somebody that knows as many jersey numbers as I do, it's cool to know, like, hey, yeah, I know what number that player is, and he's been that for every team he's been on, yeah. so. Um, yeah, so I got the number I decided to go with was uh, 18. 18, Nathan Horton. That's oh, the first name that pops in my one. mind. Uh, I, I just, I, I love Nathan Horton. <laughs> so he was, he, he, I mean, I guess being a Bruins fan, I know, but he was Nerd. just, he, yeah. <laughs> He's just such a big part of their cup win, and I yeah. can't, I'll never forget that yeah. name. So I don't think of any other ones that, do you have one on your mind? Well, I mean, 18 is such a popular number anymore. You know, you got Mike Richards who wore it for, flyer, or for the Flyers. And, I mean, that was some good times was when he was leading those teams. And that cup run we had was a lot because of, of him. And, you know, I was bummed when he got traded. But I was also like, well, it was a good thing, you know. And um, current players that are currently wearing number 18 that I would – I mean, I think of Alex Newhook in Colorado. Um, I don't know if there's any name that pops in my head that I'm like, oh yeah, he is like, wow, that's yeah. 18 right uh, now. The only one right now I have was Andre Palat. Just yeah. crossed my mind. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that one. Yeah. So, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> you want to do another one? We could. What was the other right. number I was thinking? Oh, I went with a really random number because I wanted to see what your mind was, but 73. 73? Uh, <laughs> All the Bruins in my mind. That's what I was uh, thinking. You're not, it's not the one you're thinking. It's going to be Michael Ryder. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Michael Ryder. But he, he wore 73 almost yeah. everywhere he was. Yeah. So it's it, he was back then. I was When he signed in Boston, I, remember I was so pumped because yeah. I was like, I just, I loved everything he did there. But obviously, currently, Charlie McAvoy yeah. is the one that pops in my mind. I can't think of any other current. I'm sure there are, but off the top of my head, I'm struggling to think of a current 73. 
Yeah, I think um, he wears it and had another name in my mind. It don't matter. No, I, I almost said Shabbat, <laughs> but he's 72. Yeah. So, yeah. No, it's, uh, yeah, I'll give you one more number. Um, we'll go with, uh, you know what? I'm just going to go with 37. 37. Ooh, well, I mean, didn't Zacco wear that in, in uh, with the Devils? Mm-hmm. And does he currently wear that with the Bruins? No. No, he's 18 with the Bruins yeah, now. Yeah. Wait, 18. Wow. I, I was sitting over here like, what number is he? <laughs> um, I mean, you got uh, Shvechnikov wears 37. Um, I mean, old Eric, uh, Eric Desjardins mm-hmm. with the that, Flyers. That's so funny that that's, you just said that because that's what made – well, obviously Bergeron retiring is why I yeah, picked that number. Yeah. But that was the first one that popped in my mind yeah. when I said it. Being a Flyers fan, man, coming up and, you know, not really being a huge fan for a while. Um, I do remember the Eric Desjardins days and just now looking back, like, oh, man, having defensemen like that are rare. Oh, he was <laughs> so fun to watch. I never forget when he took the puck in the mouth and oh. he just he just ate it. Like, he didn't even care. He just kept playing. I was like, you're so... Actually, my, so uh, I think I mentioned it when Shane was with me. My uncle's a sports photographer in Atlanta. Okay. And he shot... We always had a picture in our house of Eric Desjardins, but he never had teeth. So like he was like like because of that puck to the mouth. <laughs> and I remember that he took a picture of him. It, he was just standing there like waiting for a phase off or something. But it just I, as a kid, it's just one of those things that always stuck in my yeah. mind. Just seeing him stand there, he had like that little smirk on with no no teeth, just <laughs> the like Sean Couturier smile. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. All right, I'll give you one more number, forty four. Forty four. Um, this is probably Matt's. The number came to my head because it's probably Matt's favorite defenseman ever. Forty-four. I am blanking. Help me out. Kimo Timonen. Kimo Timonen. How do I not remember <laughs> that? Well, I mean, you could go. There's a couple different guys. Uh, Yoni Pickin in yeah, for a while. Yeah. Um, Dennis Seidenberg. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> Chris um, Pronger yeah. for the first couple yeah. years of his his uh, term. Not term. His first couple of years in the league, he wore forty four. I think actually he wore forty four until he went to to Philly. I think he was forty four with Edmonton. And he was forty four with St. He Louis. Was. Yeah, he was. And Anaheim. Yeah, and Anaheim. Yeah. Yeah. Or, was no, he? he was twenty five. He was twenty five. You're 25. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah, because they had uh, Niedermeyer. Yep. Scott Niedermeyer was forty four on that team. Yeah. Not Scott. Um, Rob. Rob. Yeah. Yeah. Forty four. Man. You got me on that one. I'm blanking. Of I'm trying to think of current right now. I'm trying to. Nothing's. Uh, I hate doing. I love doing these games. I hate these games because I hate dead dead space. <laughs> but my mind is just spinning. I'm struggling to think of a 44 right now. Yeah, I mean current current players that are 44. You know what's really sad? That 44 that sticks in my mind, and this is going to be a name that you might not even know, but. Robbie O'Gara, the Bruins traded to the Rangers for Rick Nash. He wore number forty-four for the ten games he played for the Rangers, and for some reason that that name pops in my mind. And there's probably a lot of Hall of Famers. There's probably some big-time players playing right now that I just cannot think of. Yeah, it's it's it is. I I don't know that name. Um, I just keep going back to all the the reason I wanted to mention that name was to give a little shout out to Kim and Timonen because. Ah uh, man, how much I miss having a defenseman like that on the Flyers. Yeah, 
you know, just how good he was and everything he did. He was just, he was so good at it. Uh, even like, I think Zach Bogosian might've wore it for a little bit. Um, I don't know. He's worn a couple different numbers through his, his, his time. Uh, Kevin Connaughton's another more recent that wore it. He didn't wear it his last term with the Flyers, but, um, yeah, I'm trying to think if there's any current players that are currently wearing it. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I, that is tough. It's so weird because I'm. It's actually one of those things that I'm. I. If if we were standing in Buffalo Wild Wings parking lot, I could probably spout out about <laughs> fifty of them. But because sitting here, there's something about doing this that my mind just like it, it's gone right yeah. now. I cannot think of any of them. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't know if there's anybody really all that current that wears forty four. Yeah. Uh, but hey, you know if uh, if you're a fan, that's where you put it in um, in our comments. I mean, another one that comes to mind, uh, Vincent Leclavier. Well, actually, he never he never really won forty four. He was forty or four. Um, Jason Arnott, I think he wore forty four for a little while. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just yeah, it's it's it funny. No, I'm glad I got you with one that you had to think about. Yeah, now yeah. you'll come on next time and be like, I got it. Yeah, I'll give you a whole list. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, yeah, like Zach said, if uh, please send us messages if you can think of anybody with numbers and make us look like idiots for not thinking. Erica Branson, that's a 44. There, yeah, there you all go. Right, there we go. We got we got one recent <laughs> or current. So, um, <laughs> oh man, and yikes. I, I, don't 100% sure, but I'm pretty sure Gavrikov's wearing 44 in LA too, but I could be wrong about that. Um, yes, he is. So, yeah. Now they're all rolling in when I was trying to <laughs> shut us down. So, anyway, we'll stop talking. We'll, uh, like I said, if you can think of any uh, of the numbers we said, please leave a, send us a message because we'd love to see it. So, all right, buddy, we're going to wrap this up now. So thanks for joining us again. Yeah, sounds good. Thanks for having right. me. And Zach will be on one more time. So Yeah, suck a chain. Yeah, so it'll be four to one. <laughs> so, all right, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you all next time.